welcome to Sales Closer Society's podcast, the place to be for all things sales. Today's episode question is, what skill have you mastered in sales? This is a very important question you must self-reflect on and ask yourself to ensure that you're always continuing to learn and develop your skills. Hello, my name is Ralph Beltran. I'm the host of Sales Closer Society's podcast. And in today's episode, I will be talking about three skills you must master to thrive in sales. Here on our podcast, you will learn all of the skills, knowledge, and strategy needed to become a master in the art of sales. I will be hosting today's episode solo, and it will consist of a discussion on these three skills you must master to thrive in sales. You may want to listen to the end now because we're going to dive deep in how to stand apart from the competition and then how to become a master in the art of sales. Let's get started here. So skill number one is mastering the art of communication. It all starts off with communication here. It all starts off with being able to effectively And efficiently being able to convey your information to your customers and clients, being able to explain to them exactly their solution, being able to have an open communication with them where your customer and client is having a back and forth communication with you where it's an open dialogue here. Let's talk a little bit further about this here. An open dialogue would be exactly the communication that you would have with a friend or family member. When you're talking about current day, your work, and then your future goals, right? Your future plans. Oh yeah, I have a plan, a future trip over to Paris. Wow. And then you talk about that and it's just a conversation that you have and it's just open and genuine, authentic, right? That's the kind of communication you want to have with your clients, your customers, your partners, your friends, your family. You want to have that same consistent communication style, skills, and you just want to be effectively efficient in the way that you communicate. You want to paint a picture for people. You want to be clear and precise on your words that you speak. So that way they understand exactly what you're trying to say. Being able to communicate effectively with others is essential to influencing them. Being able to see and paint the picture and exactly what you're trying to get across to them, your vision, your goal, what the outcome is. It's important that you can speak clearly about your goals, concepts, so that you can convince others about your viewpoint. And this will help you achieve your desired results. It'll help you by moving forward, by getting to the next step. As long as you're able to effectively communicate what that goal is, what that path is, what you expect next. The next steps are always guiding and leading it in the right direction. So once again, this all starts off with mastering the art of communication, being able to communicate. The number one thing is being able to have that open communication, that open dialogue, as I mentioned before. Second thing that as far as communication is you want to have these Powerful questioning, right? You want to have powerful questioning. Let's talk a little bit further about this here. Coming up with great questions to ask will help you properly evaluate your prospect and where they're at, where they stand. But doing this, it takes a lot of focus and preparation here. But you'll be able to understand who your customer is and what their challenge or problem is if you ask the right open-ended question. 
this open-ended question, and the reason why you want to ask these open-ended questions to, is to draw out genuine responses from your prospect and your customers, your clients. Genuine, true, transparent answers to your questions. Let me repeat that again. True is the word here, the key word. Transparency. They were just talking to you. They're, they're opening up to you. They're just telling you everything that they're experiencing. They're challenging. They're going through the difficulties. This is where you wanted to be. And by asking open-ended questions, this will draw it out. But you have to learn how to ask great open-ended questions. If you don't know these, I would highly recommend you take some type of training course or watch videos on asking great open-ended questions. Tell me more. Tell me a little bit about your situation. This will draw information instead of asking a closed-ended question where, you're say, where it will just get a no or a yes response. So once again, learn about op asking open-ended questions. Learn about what questions you could ask to draw out the right information. A best, you know, one of the strategies that I've used in many years here is by putting myself in the customer situation, putting myself in their shoes, putting myself in their situation where they're at to see which questions are even worth asking and which ones I could just take out and eliminate. This takes self-reflection. This is self-reflecting time here. So you got this is where you got to stop and reflect on, okay, what questions am I asking? What questions are working and what questions are not working? So that way I could eliminate those. But here you could try many different questions. If some ain't working, take them out, but add something new. Add a new open-ended question that you could try out to see if it draws out the information that you truly and really need. Once again, mastering the art of questioning. The second skill here is mastering the art of active listening here. This is very, very important when it comes to, to sales profession here to being successful in sales itself. I always have a course in regards to active listening. Many trainings that I go through, this is one of the most important skills you must master here. Let the person talk. Anytime that you ask a question, don't rush through your questions. Just ask a question and then just wait for a response. Active listening itself is an ability to hear what people say and understand what they said, what they're trying to imply, or what they're intending with their words, what their intention is with their words, right? What are they really trying to convey to you? What are they really trying to say to you? What are they really trying to express to you? But maybe not even really telling you, but you got to be able to hear it. And the only way to do this is to truly listen. Listen to understand. Listen to you could get to understand where they're at. So you could get a feeling for what, what they're feeling. What are they feeling? What are they going through right now? And the only way to, to understand that is to truly understand and hear their pain and truly understand what they're trying to tell you, what they're seeking for you, that how they're trying to tell you, help me, I need help. But you must listen to understand this. You must listen. You must just be silent. Once again, that awkward silence, but you must be silent. Listen. And then once they respond to you, once they tell you all of their pain points, their challenges, everything that they're going through, then you want to repeat back what you heard them say. 
If I heard you correctly, this is what your challenges are. This is what your experiences. This is what you're going through at this time. Does that sound right? Does that sound correct? And let them respond back. Hear what they got to say. They're going to be, it's going, they're going to feel so, so happy inside that you heard them out and that you understand them. They're going to say, yes, that's exactly what I was trying to say. That's exactly what I'm going through. They're going to understand and say, wow, this person really truly heard me out. He understood. They understood what I was saying. When you ask these questions, it's a must that you give them eight to ten, eight to ten seconds here. For the question itself to resonate, for them, for it to just to, to hit their mind and for them to think about what they're going to say. How am I going to respond and what do I really want to say? How do I really want to say this, right? This takes some time when somebody asks you a question and then you got to really think about, okay, how am I going to respond here? What am I going to say? The best way to do this is have some time to think it over, right? Do I want to say this? No. Do I want to say it that way? No. Do I? So that, put yourself in that place, right? So it takes a couple of seconds to even think about how to say it. What am I going to say? What do I really want to express here, right? So if you're on the salesperson side, sales profession side, when you ask these open-ended questions, give them plenty of time to think it over. Eight to 10 seconds, even more, 12 seconds. Give them a little bit of time to think it over. Because when they do respond, when you have this time, when they have this time to think it over, they're going to be able to give you a true response, a true answer, the real answer to your question, because they already had time to think about it. And this is the real reason why they're responding to that. But once again, in this area, the eight to 10 seconds, you're going to have that awkward silence. What did I say? Once again, I know it's hard. Yes, it's silent. No, nobody, it's just quiet. Should I say something? No, don't. Do not say something. Just give them time to think it over. Give them time to respond. That's the best advice I could give you. There's going to be silence, but just let them, let them know that they're, let them know they have time to think about it. Be careful with any type of, you know, powerful words, words that may be, you know, too technical, right? Too much over someone's head, right? This, when you start giving out too much technical information, it just may be overwhelming. If somebody wants that information when you, you know, talking, you know, and all of that, just give out you know, the information to where they need that information, right? And then if they have a question on that information that you give out, if they ask a question, that's great. Every question is a great question. Don't use your power or, or belittle your customer in a way and think that a question is a bad question, that that's too much or whatever it be. Every question is a great question. It gives you an opportunity to talk further and build a relationship and a rapport with your customer and client here. So ask, be open to questions. I always work, always, I always, with every customer, client I work with, I always ask multiple times, is there any other questions you have? Is there anything else that I have not covered? Is there anything else that I missed or anything else that you would like for me to go over? So that way I could truly ensure that they have all their questions and concerns answered. But that, once again, that only starts out by active listening. If a customer, client, prospect, if they ask a question and you do not know, just admit you do not know. 
but then make every effort to find the answer and the solution to their question. Reach out to your management team. Reach out to your sales team, a coworker. Reach out to somebody that knows the answer to that question and then get back to the customer and provide that information to them. You're going to become so valuable at this point because it was something you didn't know, but you took the time, your energy, and your effort to go find the answer for them. This is going to go far and beyond that action now. In the future, they will remember that. So once again, skill number two is mastering the art of active listening. Let's start off with skill number three. Mastering the art of follow-up. This is last but not least. Let's talk about mastering the art of follow-up. Persistence in the repetition is the number one key to follow-up success here. I use a four-phase follow-up strategy. This is sell, email, text, and then video message. And the reason why I do this is I want to find my client and customer's preference of communication here. Everyone has a preference of communication on how they prefer to be communicated. Some prefer text. They only like to be communicated via text back and forth and their their preference. Some are email. Some just like to communicate via email. So you send out an email, they're going to respond back to you right away. Some people's preference are by cell. They only like to talk over the phone. So if you call them, they're always going to answer your call. And that is great, right? You want them to answer that phone. So that's probably the best, you know, that's the best person you want to work with is the one that answers that phone where you can always reach them. But text is, it, it's coming up. Text has been a, a very popular way of form of communication to conduct business lately, where texting has been, you know, it's been more common than not lately, where, you know, texting back and forth is a way of communication and then picking up that phone at the very end. So once again, the main key here to using this, these strategies and trying to use these multiple methods to find your customer's preference of communication, then once you find that preference, stick to that preference and always communicate with them with their preference and their comfort zone. If it's text, stick to text. Do not try into the preference of communication there. Don't try to, if someone tells you they like to text, don't try to send them an email. That's the wrong thing to do. They will not look in the, that email. So just go with what they with their preferences, go with their what they're comfortable at and stick with that there. So when it comes to follow-up, it's a must that you use a follow-up calendar, some type of calendar or CRM, some type of way of remembering and keeping your calendar on track on how to follow up and when to follow up, who you're going to be contacting. You know, and this has to be available quickly. So that way when you're making these follow-up calls, you're able to grab this information quickly. So using some type of calendar, either paper calendar or a CRM, but having some form of tracking it would be excellent. And you always want to notate and just note all of your follow-up discussions. This is going to be something that you're going to be using for future use. This is excellent information. Remember to write down these notes, keep these notes and retain these notes at all times, because this is the information that the customer gave you when they were talking to you and expressing their problems, their concerns, their questions. And this is the information that you need to have when you come back in the future and talk to your customer to make sure that you're on the same page and that your proposal and what you're presenting as far as a solution, a service is matched up to exactly what your notes are, to exactly what their true pain points, their concerns and their questions are. If it's matched up directly to what, what they want and need, it's going to be so much easier to move forward. So once again, always notate 
Your follow-up discussions, your calls, your meetings, always notate what's going on and what you expect to do in the future here. Now, if you present somebody with a agreement or you send somebody a, an agreement via email, any one of those, you always want to have a follow-up next step or if you have an appointment. The best way to do this is to just give the dates out. Instead of saying, oh, would you be available? You're going to say, I'm available next Monday at 10 a.m. and next Wednesday at 2 p.m., which option works best with your schedule. This way you give the customer two options. You give them an ability to check their schedule and pick a day and time that works best for them. So they'll be able to work with their schedule here. But the key to this here is you're giving the person an option to be able to choose between two different options that you gave them. And when they do choose from those options, it's their choice and they feel as though in their control, they pick the day that works best for them. So that's the best way to go about this here. Give them two options, but always have a next follow-up step. Always. I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys some gold here. Here we go. I'm going to give you something that's been battle tested within sales and it's called the circling back email strategy that I use. This has been given to many sales professionals in many different industries to regain traction or on stalled customers, deals, right? People that just ghosted you, people that haven't called you back, they haven't been in communication, they're not even responding, right? So with the way that this email goes, it's, the title is I'm circling back. Right. So the way it starts is I'm circling back on the proposal that I sent you on January 21st. I'm circling back on our conversation that we had on January 30th. You always want to start off with I'm circling back. And what this does here is it puts in the person's mind to circle back to your previous conversation that was on January 21st. They're going to think in their mind exactly what happened during that conversation, or they're going to look in their email or check their notes to see what happened on January 21st. Now, this is going to be the best solution for you, the best situation for you by knowing and them knowing, okay, wait, oh, that's what happened. It's going to spark their interest back to thinking back and circling back to that previous interaction. So once again, circling back, try it out, everyone. It works. So once again... I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on three skills you must master to thrive in sales. This is Sales Closed Society's podcast, and I'm your host, yours truly, Ralph Baltron, aka Sales Mentor. And I hope you, I sure hope that you really enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or suggestions on future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on all social platforms that become your best consulting 